Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. Our scripture lesson this morning will be taken from the book of Matthew, 25th chapter, and beginning with the 14th verse. 25th chapter and the 14th verse. Jesus is speaking, and he is saying, For it will be as when a man going on a journey calls his servants and entrusts to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not winnow. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sowed and gathered where I have not winnowed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will have abundance. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. Their men will weep and gnash their teeth. Lord, help us to understand what you're trying to tell us this morning about living. You ought to have invested my money. So the 27th verse reads, your chance, your chance to be great. Now this is a very interesting chapter within the Bible and one in which we can see that Jesus told three parables and one right after the other one you recognize the first one a very familiar one you've known it from your Sunday school and from your youth up where he talked about the bridegroom and the maidens and some were wise and some were foolish and the last one has to deal in the chapter has to deal with the seemingly with a judgment and you look at these three parables as Jesus told them 
and you can think uh, in one case that uh, they are completely different. Uh, but when you really look at them for what they really are at one level, uh, you can see that Jesus is addressing himself to the one and the very same thing in all three of them. And now Jesus seemingly thought it was important enough to tell the same thing, to make the same point in three different ways. Evidently, Matthew thought it was important enough to include this in his gospel and include the three stories. Evidently, he too thought that this was something important enough for those who will come on after him to understand what Jesus was really saying. Now, folks, you can't help but see that these are words of these parables of action. They're jam-packed with action. It has something to do with, with being uh, busy and active about the situation that we happen to be in at, at this very moment. Now it's important enough, and the reason it's important enough for Jesus to address it in such a way because it has the essence of life in it. In fact, it is the very center of life. If a person, if you want to live, and you want to live and, and reach your potential as you have been created, my friends, you can find no better place to start or to give here than to give here what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying here in this parable. Now, I have picked out the center one, the middle one, for us to, to think about this morning because it seems to be the clear at the basis of what Jesus was really talking about. Now, he introduces the situation this way. He said, uh, it's as if a man had some servants, and one he gave five talents, another two, and another Man, he gave one talent. And now we want to think in terms of, well, what is Jesus really saying? What point is he really trying to make in order that you and I might get a hold of it today and make it our very own? Well, let me say in the first place what it does not represent. And Jesus is not really talking about our natural abilities and our natural gifts that he has given to us. Now, this is only a secondary thing within the story, you see. He's not saying that this is something that he has given in the way of our natural ability, but it's something more than that. It has something to do with our, our abilities and natural abilities that he had talents, that he has given to us, and the way that we make use of the other thing that he is talking about. Now, he has given to us, even the least of us, a great deal. Now, we might miss that within the story because we only think in terms of five talents and two talents and one talent. Sometimes we feel sort of sorry for the man who only had, a person who only had one talent. But let me tell you what that one talent represents. And one of the authorities on this scripture of those days and times in which Jesus was speaking, that one talent, it would take a laboring man 15 years to make that much money. I see he's talking about a great deal when we think of it in, in that terms. In that day, it was almost a half of a lifetime, you see, to achieve uh, what had been given to this person here, even the one-talent man, to invest. And so this morning, let us know that Jesus Christ is, and this scripture is speaking to every one of us this morning. You're not left out. Now don't look over at your neighbor and think that that the Lord is speaking to them. He's speaking to every last living one of us here this morning that's able to understand anything about what is being said. It does not mean that the ultimate reward or the talents that are given or this opportunity 
is given in relation to something that you have done as a reward for something that you have done. It seems as a possibility for you to neglect your talents that God has given to you and your natural ability. And you still will not suffer the loss as this man uh, suffered. And so he's not talking about your use of your natural ability, though in a sense it is. But he's talking about something that God has given to you uh, for you to be a part of and for you to use. Now, we have settled the fact that he's talking to each one of us who are here this morning. And then I would move from there to say the deeper thing that the Lord Jesus Christ is talking about when he's talking about these talents is in this fashion. We would have to take note that this, whatever it is, is the property of the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't really lose control of it. If the master represents God, our Christ, we see that it is something that he has to give to us. It is in his hand to give, and it is with him uh, that it remains. Now, he can either give it, and, and he'll ask for it back in due time. It is a distributed according to our natural abilities. One man received five, and another man received two, and another only received one. But the question comes, at this point, are we using our talent that God has given to us, whether it be the five, two, or one. You see, it's unfortunate here, or is it? I'm not quite sure. Uh, but it would have been a different thing if the five-talent man had gone out and dug a hole and buried the talent. Uh, but you see, the tragedy would have been the same. The tragedy would have been the same because the one-talent man buried all that he had, so what would be the difference, you see? There wouldn't be any difference. And so you see, it's the thing I can respond to in a way that makes the same for all of us. The question is, is not what someone else is doing with what God has given to them, but what are you doing with what God has given to you? Now, don't you know, too, that the master expects the talent uh, to be invested, to invest it, to risk it, for gain or for loss? You see, here again, it comes out, you know, the, it says the, the point is need in a very dynamic way, I think, uh, when it, it talks about the man, soon as the talent was given, immediately it says he invested. How do we ever come to the place of where we think that the kingdom of God is an inactive place? It is jam-packed with action. You are, you are called into God's kingdom to do something. You're not called into God's kingdom to not do anything. Now, it's also interesting to note that this talent, whatever it is, is really given for the master's gain. Now, to me, that's very interesting. Now, you have no right taken out a broker's fee, you see, for the exercise of this. It's done in order that God might be glorified. It is with him that uh, we are to exercise whatever it is this talent is. Now, if it's God's peculiar property, and indeed it is, and then it has something to do with our natural ability and the use of it, and indeed it does have, what is he talking about? What is it that requires some risk on our part? 
and yet remains completely and totally in God's hand. Now, I can be expressed different ways, dear friend, but when you begin to look at it, this talent that God, whether it be five, two, or one, must be time or opportunity. And then you can further see that this is something that has to do with today. And tomorrow, even in judgment, it has something to say about how we spend uh, this moment that you and I have together today. You see, it is true that God alone uh, that uh, controls our time here upon the face of this God-given earth. And we talk about about a situation, we express it, if it's good, we say, well, we had a lucky break. But you know something, dear friends, to a Christian, there isn't anything as a lucky break. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Sometimes we describe what God is doing and think of it in terms of luck, but it's really not that way. Not to those who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, you say sometimes we make our own opportunities. And that's almost the truth, but it's not quite the whole truth. It is only God that can give to us an opportunity. It is his gift to give. It is his gift to pass out to the ones that he will. Now, dear friends, when you come to the moment, when you come to the moment within your life, where you begin to realize something of what God has given to you when he has given to you time today and life, whichever way you want to express when he's given to you life, and then you become conscious of the opportunity that you have to do good. You become conscious of something that you can do with your life. I would say at that very moment, when you become conscious of that situation, take off your shoes, dear friend. You're walking on holy ground. But how many of us live in the past? And how many of us live in what's going to happen tomorrow? And how few of us really see the situation as something that God has given just as much as he's given yesterday or as he will give tomorrow, but today, today. You see, the hour that you and I have together is this hour to express ourselves to have our fulfillment within the kingdom of God. It is the time when you're conscious like that, of who you are and what you are, and the time that is upon you, and that you're being weighed in the balance. Jesus is saying, in fact, in effect, it is a matter of life and death today. And he is saying in the other parable that it is a matter of life and death, and the life that which is yet to come. Now there's ways to handle the situation that comes to us when we come to this place within our thinking. One man sees the God-given opportunity that had been given to him and he did something about it. He did something about it. Would to God that you and I could see the importance of the situation as it really is before us and not think of what has been or what will be but to see something of what is today. The other man had been given an opportunity too, but he did something completely different. He went out and immediately buried the town. What does it mean to bury a town? Well, I'm not quite sure. 
But I know one thing it does mean. It means that you do not use what God has given to you in a creative way today. There isn't any redemption for you. There isn't any way to undo what you do not do today. It is gone forever. Gone forever. The Master will surely come. You can rest assured of that. He will surely come. He always has. He always will. And the report will be given. And we will make our personal report. I have invested and gained five talents more. Now we would have to say I have buried my talents that has been given to me and make excuses for not doing what we should have done. You see this guy in effect saying, well, I buried it because you were mean and hard and I knew you to be a real, a real hard master about the situation. And I was afraid. And he neglected to, to take care of the situation that God had given to him. Now, dear friends, let us understand something that I think that is very important for you and I to understand today here. You see, the master did not debate the situation whether or not he was real stern or not about the situation. And it's not in, in question. But the thing that the man did do, you see, is what you and I have prone to do today. And that is that things do not look so well for us as other people. We try to lay it on to God. Now this is precisely what this man did, you see tried to, for his shortcoming, to say that it was God's fault and not his. It's your fault. You're the one that's so bad. And I was afraid. Now we get lost in the situation here, and I guess we come to the critical point of the whole message that Jesus is trying to give uh, to us. Certainly we come to the critical point of what I am trying to say this morning, and that is this. And that you see the man voiced fear. And Jesus, in a sense, completely neglected of what this man said, or didn't pay any attention to it, because there isn't any way upon the face of this God-given earth for you and for me anything out here that you and I should be afraid of. Now that's the point, you see. There's nothing upon this God-given earth to you who are committed to the Lord Jesus Christ that need to be afraid of. And a way of expressing or living your life, you see. Now isn't that fantastic? There's no way. You see, I do not care how you read these three statements or these three parables. They come out the same way. The only way that you can lose is neglect the hour that you're in today. And to neglect it because you are afraid of something. You're going to invest your life. You're either going to bury it or it's going to be spent in a creative way. You see, there isn't any third position. There isn't a third position. You cannot sit on the fence. To sit on the fence means to be buried. There can be no redemption of your life if you try to take a neutral position, you see. There isn't any such thing in the Christian way. It's either you are for or you are against. As simple as that, you see. And with Christ, there cannot be any failure. It can't be. What are you afraid of? You have one that has given to you this, this amount of time, whatever it is. He's given to you this opportunity where you are right now. You may wish you were somewhere else. 
or someplace else. But the fact of it is, when we come to the place to see that Jesus Christ has given to us something that is precious, that is wonderful, that is beautiful right now, given to you and to me to invest, then it comes down to it. The real question is, how are you investing the time that Christ has allotted to you right now, right at this place? The real problem is, with this man and with us today, if we're not careful, we come to the place of where we are pretending. We pretend to be something that we're not. We've got everything that we need to have to do the job that Christ has called for us to do. You, you've been given everything that you need to do the job today. Five, two, or one. But we have it. Whatever it is, you're not here. You see, the Master didn't cut you off without anything. He didn't leave you out. You've got it. Now the question is, what are you going to do with it today? What are you doing? What will you do with it? In order that your life might be complete in the kingdom of God. Now it doesn't make any difference whether it be you as an individual or whether it be us collectively as a church. Same thing still applies. This church, as we collectively together, has nothing to be afraid of. We can do anything that we make up our mind to do as we experience it within the love and creative will of God. And I want to tell you, dear friend, there isn't anything upon the face of this God-given earth that can stop you from being the force that Jesus intended for you to be today. Because you see, there's one sure thing about it, that Jesus tells us by this parable that he is complete and totally in charge. Not half, not two-thirds, no, he's completely and totally in charge. And you're his servant. Do you think that he is going to let you then be lost? Do you think that he's going to let you then turn in a life that is not acceptable to God? There's no way. Dear friend, I want to tell you at this moment, if I understand what you're saying in these, in these three parables, they say the same thing, that you have an opportunity that is absolutely fantastic today to do something that will ensure greatness not only today but for time that is yet to come. What a loving Father and what a great God we serve. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started in making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.